it smells like my grandmother's house in here. All right, that's just rude. <laughs> that's it. Just hit me. It smells like my grandma's where I'm. I'm at right now. My headspace is my grandma's living room. I, that's rude. I said, would you like me to light an incense <laughs> to help and make I this basement not smell it. so basementy? And then you're just like, I don't know what that smells like. And you didn't seem to hate it. No. But now, um, it, now it reminds you of your grandmother. Yeah, I finally was able to put my finger on it. It smells like my grandmother's living room. Well, your you know, like grandma old, sounds old, like a, a classy lady. <laughs> like old lady powder and perfume. That's old just, lady perfume is the scent you're Yeah, that's what I'm the... picking up. I think it said it was elderflower. Or what did I say? No, was... Tibetan lotus. Lotus. Tibetan lotus. <laughs> I've never smelled a Tibetan lotus, but I that's remember bu- what my grandmother's house smelled like. No, it's kind of like this. <laughs> okay. All right, well, starting this off strong, Paige. Starting this off strong, making me telling me that my my uh, my office smells like old lady places. I mean, it's not a bad smell, but you know, hey, it's the scent of the podcast, I guess. The scent of the podcast. The scent of the podcast. Right, well. It fits consensual coffee talk. Smells like your grandmother's living room. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So tagline. <laughs> the tagline. I'm gonna put it down. Do you hate it? I, it's kind of weird, but uh, but that's okay. I mean, what you mean? What I mean, kind of weird. Who? Who's kind of weird? What are you trying to say, Paige? I was pointing in your direction, but that's just... I wasn't gonna say it out loud. Oh, man, man, two hits today. Your office smells I like an old you. lady's house. Also, you're really fucking weird. <laughs> Hey, I told you I slept until like nine o'clock this morning, and then you gave me more coffee. So yes, we yeah we did have some pour over. There's Harry; he's joining in <laughs> in China. It's always good to have a little puppy input. Yeah, I don't know if people can uh, hear that, but they're always here. So if you guys hear some dog barking in the background, that's just my two pups. It makes this real. It makes this real. It's how you know <laughs> this is authentic. And by authentic, I mean in the basement that smells like old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> okay well let's stop rambling and let's get on to some topics i think that uh our listeners would like that so go ahead Probably. Paige, introduce us into a, a topic for this week into a topic well we had two that okay. we debated i think i want to start with playing make-believe playing make-believe okay mm-hmm. well why don't you kick that off uh with where your where your mind's <laughs> where at my with mind's playing at with make-believe that? certainly so um for those of you who don't know nick and i are both very creative people not to toot our own horns but i think a lot of that is attributed to the fact that neither of us ever really grew out of playing make-believe um you know like when you were a kid you used to make up games with your friends your siblings if you had any friends if you had any if you didn't you did it by yourself (laughs) (laughs) all right this is getting dark guys I don't want to talk about it. Um, so, but yeah, so and recently in my day job, I was asked to come up with a creative idea to brainstorm um, and refresh a way of doing some things that I'm not allowed to talk about here. <laughs> but Mystery. Yes, mystery. Deal with it. Um, but in doing that, I kind of had to approach my boss and ask her, keep in mind, this is, you know, a 30-something-year-old lady who I had to approach and say, hey, would you be down to play make-believe in our brainstorm session next week? Okay. Yeah, and she okay. said, 
Well, what do you mean? And I said, it's a, it's a creative exercise that I still utilize in writing. Um, and it's kind of a mix between, when I apply it to work, it's a mix between um, mind mapping and role playing. Mind mapping and role playing. Yes, now, have now you ever ahead. done any of those brainstorming activities? Go ahead and illuminate myself and the audience on mind mapping. Okay, mind mapping is basically when you write down anything that comes to mind and then whatever comes to mind after that last thing that you wrote down. There are no stupid answers. There are no stupid questions. There are no stupid um, solutions. You just write down whatever's in your brain. And then you come back and you revisit it and you try to tie pieces together to kind of loosely create um, a narrative for whatever it is you're trying to do. Hmm. Okay. You never done that? Um, no. No. Never, is there, is never there anything quite... you could liken it to in design? I would say, I don't think I've ever done anything quite that formal. Okay. My creative process is not not super formal in most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is definitely not formal. Well, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like you're compounding your thoughts and organizing them. No, 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 no. Here, let me try and do a better job of explaining this. Let's put it in context of, say, I want to write a short story. Okay. Okay. And I need a character for that short story. Okay. Okay. And I know that that is the problem I have to solve, is creating this character, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So my starting point is character. So I write down character. Okay. And then I'll just, I'll try and do it verbally, bring, you know, spit it out (laughs) as it comes to me. So I write down character, then I write down blue eyes, and then I write down good smile, then I write down broad shoulders, then I write down um, bum knee, then I write down um, uh, hunting accident, (laughs) then I write down, uh, because then that, starts to give me an idea of, okay, he got the bum knee from a hunting accident, maybe. Okay. Suddenly, he's a he. I don't know why it's a he, but that's just what came out of my mouth, so it would go down on the board. And okay. so you kind of just spiral whatever idea comes to mind, and then you can come back and link those things later when you start writing the short story and developing out the character. Okay, so sure, yeah, I guess in design, then, uh, what would be relevant to that is, I guess designing any project or campaign that's um that's gonna be larger and you kind of have to connect all the wires together so Mm -hmm. for example if you're developing a website and you need to also kind of develop the brand around the website you need to first map out what is most important to that brand Mm -hmm. and what ideas link to that so like what do you want out of the site do you want it to be simple do you want it to be intuitive um do you want it to be colorful Mm -hmm. so you start mapping out what you think uh that particular audience would like to see and what that what makes up that brand yeah so i guess that that's sort of it's sort of mapping it out it's not quite as Mm open-ended in the creative you're you're still structuring it around a initial thought yeah i mean it's 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 strategic mm -hmm. but it takes the pressure off of and the burden off of the content piece that you're creating okay um so that's that's kind of that's the point of the exercise is to take the burden off of the content um in my case anyway whether it's actually creative content or it's strategic um or it's a strategic content asset you know in my day job something like that okay whatever it is it helps to take the pressure off of that because one thing i found through playing make believe my whole life from childhood into adulthood 
is that especially as a content creator and a storyteller it's important in my everyday life to know what to leave out and what to bring in um and a lot of times when you're leaving stuff out other people come back in rebuttal you know well no that's important it has to be here no that's important it has to be here okay and so doing creative exercises, getting people to play make-believe with me, and just kind of spitballing all this stuff helps get everything out in the open and then construct a narrative and say everything that needs to be said without using every single thing that's on the board. Okay. 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 Makes sense. I, I feel <clears throat> that we've done similar uh similar versions of that in, in the past for developing things like mm -hmm. this podcast or other ideas that we thought would make sense. Uh, but maybe I didn't strategically link that to a process so much as just throw down ideas mm -hmm. and then see how they fit together. Yeah. It's, it's my, in my world, it's mind mapping. And that's, okay. you know, that's one part of playing make believe. Okay. The other part um, is role playing. All right. So to role play again, I'll liken it back to the more creative side when, you're writing a story or a blog post or whatever, a lot of times it helps to put yourself on the other side of the content. So you can either make yourself who whoever you're hoping will read this blog post, or you can make yourself, um, you know, the targeted audience. <laughs> you can make yourself the actual character in the story. Insert yourself into whatever it is you're creating and you become that thing as you create it. And I found that helps open up my creativity as well. And that really, it takes a lot of practice to mm -hmm. maintain that mindset, that make-believe mindset, because like we were discussing earlier, it, it kind of gets beat out of you <laughs> as you grow into adulthood. And some of us are lucky enough to hang on to it and others lose it. And that's kind of where I feel like the the line gets drawn between people who do things like we do, like blog and write books and design beautiful websites and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then accountants. No no offense <laughs> to any accountants out there, but I mean No, hopefully I got, that I got yeah, you. hopefully that makes that makes sense. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, obviously there's a a uh, variation in how people's brains work and and how they're wired and definitely uh, variation based on the type of job or career someone has picked mm -hmm. um and sometimes people have picked careers but that that they're good at but they're not necessarily getting to be uh their most creative selves in so you know there could be an accountant out there who's also an amazing interior designer yeah and can come up with really cool interior design ideas that all match up and look really cool or you know, maybe something creative like you walk downstairs and it looks like uh, you're inside of a submarine. I don't know. <laughs> um, but like stuff like that, I imagine there's people out there that can do all of that, but that they have uh, chosen something that works for them to pay the bills and that they enjoy. Yeah, they let go. Um, they let go of that, that inner child, the yeah. ability to play make believe. And I mean, I'm not trying to condemn anyone who's done that. It's just no, no. I yeah. don't think you. I, I get you. I don't <laughs> think you are. I think that it's uh, it's it's a good point. So, the I think the other aspect, like you're based, you're kind of stating that you had to do for your current job is mm -hmm. you had to take, um, I guess a task that more people would look at or most people would look at, uh, as strategic, mm -hmm. and open it up and turn it into something more creative. 
Yeah, so, explore beyond the box. Yeah, so in order to be creative, you have to first be creative. <laughs> <laughs> so in order to look at something that looks strategic and go, no, there could be a different process, mm -hmm. you have to first be creative in the thought process of thinking there could be another way. Yeah. Then you have to sit down and actually get creative about that process and what that process could be. Right. Right. So, right. I mean, that. Yeah. That's what I'm pulling away from this is that you had it, you were put into an area where it, it really has always been done more strategically. Mm -hmm. um, but you were going to think outside the box about the approach and about the process. Right. Correct. So, yeah, one thing about that, too, that I think is interesting as we were talking about accountants, uh, once again, <laughs> no offense, um, or anyone else who, who is put into a role, maybe like operations. Sometimes operations can be more of a creative role depending on the company, but it's typically still more black and white, is that I wonder how much of that is dictated by the way people are taught in school. Yeah, that's, ooh, that gets me heated. <laughs> <laughs> because, I'll tell you why. Um, okay. and it, because I feel like in school, especially now, even more so than when we were in school, which was a while ago. I kind of don't want to think about how long ago it was in reality. But, um, you you're know, so you're old. taught, yeah, you're taught that there's a specific way to learn things and a specific way to do things. Um, like math, for example. Math has always been the bane of my existence. Mm -hmm. um, and seeing now the... I hate math, too. Yeah, the quote-unquote new math that kids are having to do in school, the new processes, the right way to do it just it boggles my mind because I feel like there's if I get to the right answer you know the big thing with math has always been show me your work if I get the correct answer if I did the math right because you have to do math right in order to get the right answer to the solu uh, the solution to the problem that you're solving mm -hmm. then why does it matter if I manage to do that on a single line of paper compared to your page full of steps, what, you know, why, why is it such a big deal? Why is your way the right way and my way the wrong way, even though we both got to the same answer? We both got the solution to the problem correct. I can feel, I can feel the anger coming out <laughs> as, you're, as you're saying this. Uh, it drives me nuts. I think that that's... Yeah, I mean, I think that that plays into it. It, it. I think a lot of people are raised and school is black and white and you have to solve a problem a certain way. And if you don't solve a problem a certain way, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Not just did you get to the solution? How did you solve the problem? That's that's a part of school, too, is because I, I think a level of it is they want you to show your work and they want um, they want to feel like they understand what you did mm -hmm. because they think they know what's right and what's wrong in order to get to the end goal. and um, I think that that completely stifles people's creativity on how to approach life oh, and 100%. problems in life. And it's, and it, it I, I agree. It is very, uh, it, it's really concerning in a lot of ways. Cause you know, we're, we're still young enough. We don't have kids or anything, but mm -hmm. at some point I plan to. And that's one thing that I'm definitely going to try my hardest to, to teach them is, is that you can't. You, you can't just take what people say as uh, as right verbatim. You got to always ask questions. Mm -hmm. And I know for myself, I've just always been that You're annoying the king child. Of questions. That annoying <laughs> child that asks a lot of questions. And uh, now I'm an annoying adult, uh, as you know, that asks a lot of questions. 
Yes, and that is very true. But I think I think it's it's very good that you never stopped asking questions because a lot of people do. They allow themselves to get shuffled into that that group mindset mm-hmm. of this is how things work. This is how we solve problems. This is how we develop new things. And they just, they go with the flow all the time instead of saying, you know, wait a minute, what if we tried it this way? Or what if we looked at it from this angle? Or, you know, what if we threw this in there and, you know, just watched and see what happens? Yeah. (laughs) Well, the fortunate thing is uh, for us is we both have worked in marketing for quite some time now. um, And that has given us the opportunity to test more creative thought process. Mm -hmm. I mean, just in general, the marketing world there's always going to be, you know, A-B testing. There's going to be testing of some sort happening because you never have a straight through process and answer. Now, some people think they do mm-hmm. and they write books and they're like, I have the right answer. And you don't necessarily have the right answer, in my opinion. Um, but I appreciate your ideas mm-hmm. and I'll take your ideas and I'll think about them. But I'm not I don't think there is a black and gray answer to how to solve any problem. I think all problems require um, a level of, of thought process and I think a lot of it is, is what is your ability? If you can lean on your abilities to solve that problem and your abilities might uh, involve you creating a different process than anyone else. Yeah. I, and I think if, if we want to get a little controversial about it, it comes down to how willing you are to hang on to your own worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's... There's so much outside influence from school and peers at work and other people in whatever industry you're in to, to be a certain way and, and use certain words and, and, you know, present yourself in this manner. And it just, I think a lot of it comes down to your strength, your inner strength and um, belief in yourself and what it is that, that you know and want to do. Yeah, I mean, I think that circles back around to what you said on the group mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for me, like college was a time where I spent the most, uh, the most amount of my time surrounded by different-minded people, which was, which was great because I got to see their perspective on life and how they approach yes. things. And and that's um, important. I'm not saying it's not. No, but... no, no. I, I, yeah, I think it was a great opportunity for for a lot of life lessons. Um, I also, you know did some questionable things myself. I mean, I was in college, you know, everyone mm-hmm. kind of does things that, that they feel, um, you know, is outside their comfort zone. And sometimes that's really good. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not so good. It just sort of, how do you know, unless you keep asking those questions and keep yeah. pushing. But I think a lot of uh, the group mentality did irk me from being in school and, and being around a lot of people who had their own mindset on what they thought was right and wrong. And every time you would come out with a creative idea or you had a different thought, at least for me, I always kind of shied away and was a little fearful of bringing out some of those ideas because I was afraid of how people would react. Yeah, it's, it's intimidating to, to go against the grain and it's intimidating to present ideas that aren't usually, I don't want to say accepted, but aren't usually just things that don't cross other people's minds. Yeah. It's and you know that because you're around them and you interact with them enough that yeah. you know this is uniquely my own thought, and my own perspective, but uh, how will other people perceive and accept that or not accept it if I put it out there? 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that um, I think that that's taken a big role in my life mm-hmm. as, as being kind of scary uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, God, my pups are just loving. <laughs> they're having, they're having a good day. Today. There must be a squirrel out there or something. I don't know what they're barking at. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that um, I lost my train of thought because of that. More so for me, I also feared in school because I, I was not the best at school, mm-hmm. just in general. Uh, and I was always afraid that I would say something that would make me look dumb. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to, um, you know, got older and got opportunities to express myself more, I still had that mentality because I was so fearful of what people would think. And so it really stifled my creativity because of that. So I think that not only does school, the way that we're taught, stifle creativity because Mm -hmm. there's a black and white way of looking at things. And I think that that also seeps into the minds of the youth and the minds of the people around us growing up. And it really kind of dictates how they think. They think that they know what's right and wrong um, because they've been taught that there's right and there's wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's just how life is. Um, now that could get really deep and we could get into religion and so on and so forth, which we won't do on this podcast, but, no. <laughs> but I think that there's a, there's a layer of that, right? It's a, it's what's right, what's wrong. Um, and if you're not processing things the way others are, you're in the wrong mm-hmm. and that will immediately stifle your creativity. So if you can be surrounded by people who are more open-minded, um, on approaching problems, I think that can change your perspective on life completely. But it's very rare, especially where we're from in the South, yeah. to, to have uh, an opportunity to be surrounded by very creative, uh, open-minded people who are looking just for, you know, a place to go and, and kind of express themselves. So it's harder to find that, especially until you get a little older and, and, and more so and, for me. And by that point. Yeah. A lot of people have already kind of lost that that childlike courage, mm-hmm. you know, that you have in kindergarten where you can go make a new friend and two minutes later you've created this brand new world together that you're built and you're playing in. True. I mean, you don't you don't go up to somebody at the grocery store now when you're shopping on Saturday morning and be like, <laughs> hey, we're best friends now. Do you see that castle over there? <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't happen. Well, I mean, it does for some people, but they're they're probably unfortunately out on the streets of Atlanta. Yeah, so that's true. They're not living at home um, or at a home, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, no, I I agree one hundred percent with uh, with the fact that you have to make play make believe um, in order to solve some some issues that others could never solve because mm-hmm. they just don't look at it from that perspective. Which is what I think you're yes, getting at yes, with all this. That's okay. it. Yeah, good wrap up on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so yeah, that's one I think we could go on forever on Very if we easily. really were to dive deep into the into it. And and you know maybe if people really like this, maybe we will. Maybe we'll yeah. go deeper. Let us know. Um, so let us know. Uh, you can DM us. We'll we're we have our own Instagram mm-hmm. uh, account now that we're going to start publishing on, and you can always DM us on there and and give us a shout and ask us to go over any topic but Mm -hmm. if you want us to go deeper into any topic we're happy to do that as well absolutely and uh but today in particular we have another topic that kind of grates on my nerves a little bit that that nick wanted to discuss grinds your gears yeah just a little bit (laughs) all right um so i guess i'll kick this one off then so this topic in particular came out recently not so much that the topic itself came out recently as if it was you know new 
mm-hmm. but more so it's being made uh, available to the public eye, which is that AI has kind of taken over a lot of online reporting. And that makes me angry, and it makes me sad at the yeah. same time. As a content creator myself, it I don't like it. So to clarify from what I picked up from the article, and, and Paige, I know you've you might know a little more on this topic because you are a creative writer. Uh, basically, there is AI in place now at a lot of big news sites uh, that a lot of people love and read and you know connect to through an app, uh, so on and so forth. But essentially, they have algorithms that are scanning the internet and scanning, um, you know, what are the big topics that are going on right now. They're scanning uh, all different sort of locations right throughout mm-hmm. the web that's that's considered real news supposedly yeah some of it i'm sure is <laughs> fake news but they're they're basically using an algorithm to put all that together into what uh reads more so like a human mm-hmm. uh, and so they basically spit out a topic uh with a headline that probably is keyworded to have high value so people will click on it and actually go through it something wow um and it'll spit out a whole article, um, you know, usually shorter and to the point, but written what seems like by maybe a human that's that's a little more calculated yes, than than a creative writer. Deceptive, very deceptive, and it is just turning and burning that all day long, creating articles and things that are considered news. Yeah. So what's and your that, what's your take that, on this? That makes me angry. <laughs> and it makes it makes me sad um it makes me angry because one um as i told you previously one of the career paths i thought about uh pursuing as a child was a journalist but i knew by the time i was like in middle school that that wouldn't hold as much value for me as other career paths um just at the rate that technology was developing and i understand that it's cheaper and it's easier to have AI generating certain stories for your for your website certain on certain news topics but and this is what gets me is at the end of the day it's still a robot Mm -hmm. and robots do not feel and content in my opinion whether it's in the form of a news article a book a blog a blog post a podcast whatever content has always been and should always be emotional. It should be human because that's what people seek out. That's what people connect with. They connect with real-life human narrative. And I I honestly don't want to see a world where the majority of the content that is put out there is not created by actual human people with real emotions and real thoughts and real opinions and unique perspectives. So on that topic, mm-hmm. uh, one thing to I, I thought was interesting about it uh, was that, so th- the thing I struggle with the most with, uh, you know, taking new, kind of ingesting news and, and what it has to say and what all the different opinions are mm-hmm. is that I, I personally would love opinion-free news to mm-hmm. allow my brain to uh, sort of not be swayed in any direction. So I wonder, you know, is a level of this from people thinking the same thing that they don't want an opinion put onto their uh, onto what they read and what they think from a news perspective? I mean, 
if we're speaking strictly in terms of journalism, journalism itself is supposed to be objective. Um, they're good journalists don't let their own personal beliefs stand in the way of the piece that they're writing. Mm-hmm. However, when they're writing a piece, you know, covering war or, you know, some other gut-wrenching topic, um, there should be a level of emotion there that shows some type of genuine feeling, you know, um, whether that's concern or, um, you know, a debate they're trying to spark, something that, that makes other people think. Because okay. because if you just have AI-generated news, I don't feel like it challenges anyone's thinking. And that's part of what content should do, is challenge you to defend your own thought process and form your own opinion on whatever the topic is that's being presented. Okay. So, but with that, right, what is, what makes it challenge your thought? Is it, is it the fact that you are being given opinion with the news? Does that challenge your thought of, you know, how should I approach it because you see how someone else is approaching it? Or is it being, because to... I think it, it makes me personally reflect internally what my position is on the subject matter. You know, they brought me that this is something out there that's happening in the world. Now it's my responsibility to determine how I feel about it, how and if I'm going to act on it. Um, So here's, I think, the tie back into our first topic today mm -hmm. about creativity um, in the group mindset. I wonder... So that's that's a big issue in news, right? Is this group mentality or politics or any of that? is this group mentality. You you latch on to a network and you say, that network is my truth. Mm-hmm. Or you latch on to an influencer or a reporter, same thing to me, um, and you basically say, that's my truth. That person, I, I like what they say. I like the cut of their jib. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with them. <laughs> um, and I, I wonder how that affects people on a daily basis. Like, what how often are people being swayed by this information that's being delivered from this particular network or influencer that might not be as swayed uh, if they were given news that was just cut and dry mm. so that they could develop their own opinion? So I, I think it's an interesting thing. While while I think AI will be developed into a way where um, it will definitely have opinions because news networks will create their own AI version mm-hmm. and they will continue to develop it to sway their provide or their viewers and their readers, um, which is unfortunate, but I think that's where it will go because no, if I you mean, can it's monetize already, it's something, already there. <laughs> it's there, it's there, but I, but I feel like it'll be even more so they'll monetize it in a way where once they understand it better um, to drive traffic for them mm-hmm. and just for them. And it won't be a black and white world, but I wonder, I love creativity. I love to, to hear people's approach on things. But when it comes to news, it can really drive people to, to join a group mentality and just listen and think that that's the truth. And it really affects, I think, people's brains on how they approach yeah, things. Yeah, but again, that, I mean, you could argue that it comes down to your personal worldview and how strongly you stand in your own beliefs and your own mindset and to how easily you're swayed by other people. I'm not saying True. you should I'm not saying you should never consider someone else's point of view or, you know, 
try and try and understand how it is that they feel about something you should always have that that empathy with other human beings Mm -hmm. but at the same time um you have to you have to be able to defend what it is you believe and um it's hard to juggle you have to you have to be able to defend what it is you believe but you also have to be open-minded enough to see someone else's point of view and then decide for yourself whether or not that's something that you should consider more thoroughly. Because I think something else that happens a lot nowadays is people get so caught up in the fact that, well, I believe this and you believe this, so that just means we have to fight about it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's possible for you to believe something and someone else to have an opposing view on that something, and you have a calm conversation about it, and walk away with you still believing what you believe and they still believe what they believe and not drag think, it out into yeah. a thousand different avenues. I think where that where that becomes, especially in, you know, an American mentality, a real issue is that Americans don't like to lose. Yeah. <laughs> and so true. they equate having a conversation with someone and trying to sway their opinion uh, as as winning if their opinion if that person then takes their opinion mm-hmm. and it states that you know you win yeah that's that's it's not just americans but i think that that's a big part of our culture um you know being raised here is that is that you can't be, being wrong is not winning mm-hmm. and so that becomes another issue uh when it comes to debating anything that's that's a, a you know tied to any sort of gut heart feeling kind of thing you know if you mm-hmm. if you feel this is this is the correct way uh i think that that people people will lean into a topic that they know they are wrong in and they will just bang it to the damn yeah. ground because <laughs> they because they don't want to be wrong so even if you do sway their idea they're going to still fight you on it and um you know I, I i wonder how often people are pulling up and like utilizing these news sites and these other anchors opinions on things and this network's opinions on things and saying that well this person said this and this person um is you know whatever got whatever news anchors get for ratings they've got you know amazing ratings and people believe in them and they're right and so they use them as like a fact checker Mm -hmm. and that's completely invalid because the network or the individual has their own opinions that they're swinging around with this thought yeah well then say now you're flirting with getting into like journalistic ethics <laughs> and I, I that's mean, a whole that's a whole other thing yeah so we don't we don't need to yeah. dive into that but i just but like a simple a simple way i think to kind of explain it is um right now in our studio there is an atlanta united flag that's hanging behind us mm-hmm. okay full disclosure i am very colorblind all right and now i know that because people tell me and I and I've okay. eventually saw it because I have the special glasses that let me see colors. Um, I know that there is red in this flag. Okay. Okay. But because I'm colorblind, I see this as brown. Now, you would argue with me all day long, this is red, right? Because you see red. Sure. Okay. And I would argue with you all day long that this is brown. Even though I know the color red exists... Because from my point of view, the brown is what I see. 
Brown okay. is exactly what I see. Okay. I can't, and I would fight you to the death on it's, it. It's just so everyone knows, if you don't know the Atlanta United colors, it is very, very red. <laughs> <laughs> it's red and black, right? Yes. Or the five red, black, colors. and gold. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> but so that um, I'm trying to tie that into the, the point you were just sort of making in that, you know, I see, I see brown, you see red, and mm-hmm. we'd both be willing to fight to the death on that. But ne- neither one of us are wrong in our opinions because brown is what I literally see. That is what my eye shows me, and red is what your eye shows you. Okay. So it's, it's important, I think, that from, especially from, I'm not going to say that. No, it's, it's important for both of us to understand that your eye allows you to see the full color spectrum. So... I know if we have an actual conversation about it instead of just arguing about it, that you see red. And then you understand through conversation that my eye sees brown because I don't see the full color spectrum. And okay. so it's it's important to keep those kind of things in mind when, you know, you have differing opinions on something that just because someone's telling you in the news <laughs> that they're seeing red... Mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're wrong because you're seeing brown and it doesn't mean that they're wrong because they're seeing red. Okay. <laughs> I'm not quite sure exactly where you're going with it. I mean, I get I get what you're saying, right? Yeah. Is that that from an from an opinion or from so I, all right, so what I think to 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 that point, I think that everyone and and this could get deeper and we won't we won't go too far with it, but yeah. I think most people are swayed by how they're raised or how they uh how how they they ingest things based off of a series of opinions that have been provided to them throughout their life. And I think, you know, a layer of it is maybe open-mindedness and, and a layer of it might be that they have experienced op- opposing opinions at this point and now they now they've maybe opened up further to ideas that, well, I don't know if all these opinions I've gotten throughout my life is correct. And um, because I'm, I'm hearing other sides and other people's thoughts now. Mm-hmm. And so maybe my opinion's not the truth. Uh, and I think that's, you know, as you get older, that can either, either you can allow that to seep in and you could realize that there's other thoughts and, and other processes, um, other thought processes, that is, uh, that tie into other people's opinions that you just have not had an opportunity to ingest. And you've just spent your entire time taking on what you've been given throughout your life. So I think that that plays into how you're going to approach a topic of any kind, whether you're writing it, whether you're arguing about it or debating about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder how much with AI, if we're, you know, to tie that back in, yeah. how much of that is being swayed by either side? In theory, but in theory, no, it let me, let me, be, let me stop but, you right there because this is what I was hoping you'd do. <laughs> okay, so you're putting so, me in some sort of trap so This here. is what I was hoping you'd do. Okay, if we're speaking strictly in terms of news, which we have been, mm-hmm. it is the reporter's job to report the facts, okay. not opinions. So they're going to report that this flag is red. No matter how they feel about it, if they are a good journalist, if they are an ethical reporter, even if they see brown like I do, they're going to report that this is red because that is what it is. <laughs> yeah, but 
Uh, you see, you sit, you laid this out in there's a lot of gray area <laughs> because you literally don't see the color red. So you're relying. That, yes, you're relying that, that on, is that is what I'm getting at. Is there's always that gray space? Yeah. I, okay, I got you. But but you're but you're saying that the reporter is justified in saying that it's red because a group mentality tells them that it's red. Everyone agrees. No, not the, this group agrees that that's red, and therefore your color perspective on that range is now being altered based off of their thought process as a group to think that that is red. Not group mentality. No. I'm getting at the point that we've been speaking in terms of opinion when if you're trying to have this conversation specifically about the AI-generated stuff in the news that's starting to catch on. Okay. If you're trying to tie that back into the human part, the, the human element of news reporting journalists have to live by an ethical code that they have to check those opinions at the door. So, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this. So they can feel that the red is brown in the flag. Okay? They can feel that. They can find a way to show that emotion without taking away from the ethical portion of their duty by reporting that, in fact, it is red. It's a fine line. I got you. yeah. yeah I it's mean, a fine uh, line. And see, and that's what you, and you lose that tiny bit of spice when you have AI generating content because the AI is always going to know this is red. There's never going to be any other opinion, any other possible thought other than the fact that the flag is red. So you, so in your approach to this this debate here, yes. um, is that binary isn't always the best way to approach any sort of issue uh especially reporting on something Correct. you think that binary you know what one and one and zero doesn't necessarily um that black and white way of looking at things isn't isn't going to actually give you the best opinion correct on how to approach it because it's losing some touch of um what you call it spice but it's losing some touch of feeling that there might be an opposing thought mm -hmm. even even if it's the tiniest tiniest bit but so it, i think it's like anything it's like mm -hmm. power of any kind right it's it's how do you use it um and that having that power can uh, you can be planting seeds that essentially change people's opinions but you have to do that i think with the, you just have to own that power correctly mm -hmm. is, is that kind of what because that's yeah that's, that's what good, i think that's a good way of saying yeah it, that's how i think about it too is that is that a lot of these reporters out there and a lot of news outlets, and, and I honestly can't even consume a lot of it. I, I don't watch, I don't keep up with a lot of that stuff. I see breaking news and things, and I, I keep up with, with that level of, of things. And I love tech news and stuff like that, mm -hmm. so I keep up with that. But there's always, um, there's always certain people swaying you and giving you their opinion in, um, in a certain way that can create seeds in your brain to make you think a certain way if you do not have enough of a shield built up around your opinions to to both be open to theirs but mm -hmm. to also be able to equate defend it. yours yeah yeah. Yeah. To, yeah to also be able to to defend yours and also be able to look at it like um this possibility exists this possibility exists 
but that as your as as their opinion and your opinion are meeting you're finding common ground to mm-hmm. to allow yourself to 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 be swayed either way but that you can debate them back and forth yes so that so because one way that i i try to approach things as much as possible is in and you know this probably from what we were just stating earlier uh from a creative process i ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. i will take the opposing side of anything yeah because i enjoy <laughs> that, that. Is very true i enjoy it <laughs> whether or not i know that my opposing side is incorrect if no one else is opposing it i will oppose it you play devil's advocate all yeah, the time because to me uh, it's fun mm-hmm. um which a lot of people hate uh, which especially in like a work. I enjoy it. I like to debate. Yeah. So. <laughs> in a work setting, a lot of people hate it because they're like, they feel like I'm, uh, I'm not giving their idea enough light. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving them enough room to be, to have an idea. And it's not that it's that in a lot of ways, if you have an idea, I think, okay, well, have you thought of the other side? Yeah. And if you haven't, then I don't think you've given that idea enough, I don't know, work. To truly that's, make that's that because opinion. you're a human being. Yeah. AI can't do that. So, <laughs> and I think that's a good conclusion to that, <laughs> to that entire. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. Um, okay. So I guess that's it. That's two opinions. They went on for a while. I don't have any idea how long because I can't see currently uh, what we're at. No. But if you guys hung through all of that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. We hope um, you enjoyed it. Yeah, we hope you we hope you enjoyed it. We hope it sparked some ideas for you guys to debate with your friends, uh, <laughs> over and, coffee, and your family over coffee, consensually. Yes. <laughs> um. So, you know, we really appreciate it if you tuned in, and uh, we would also really appreciate it if you shared this. You can either take a screenshot wherever you're listening yes. to this and and post it and on tag your Instagram us, story. Tag us in it. Please tag us. The tag. We'll leave it all the info you need in the in the show notes. Yeah, and and to give you our, we already have um, our handles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our handle is at consensual coffee talk. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know it's a little little bit of a, a mouthful, but if you start typing it, you'll see our really nifty logo that we came up with. Uh, <laughs> it's a winking coffee cup. Enjoy. Um, we have no plans on changing that for a while, so we no. hope you guys like it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so with that, please share, uh, please let us know what you're thinking. DM us. Um, you can also hit both of us up on our, our personal channels, um, which mine is at NZ goal. And I'm at one more page across the board. And by page, she means P A I G E. There you go. That's, that's her name. <laughs> uh, you know, just to wrap that up for you guys. But like we said, we're going to have the show notes there for you guys. So you guys can take a look at that and, and get more in depth on some of the topics we're talking about. We'll also include a link to the AI article because mm-hmm. I think that would be interesting for you guys to be able to dive into and, Ooh, and yeah, maybe give your own opinion. Let's talk about it together let's talk about in it. the Let's comments. talk about it together. <laughs> um, something that we'll maybe move towards later in the season is opening up for maybe an Instagram Live or something like that as we do some of these talks. But for now, we just want you guys to DM us and uh, and start the conversation that way. Yeah, that's minimal human contact to start out with. We're shy. We're shy. We're shy people. <laughs> We're talking to mics in a basement. <laughs> Our studio, as Paige made it sound, it, really big. Yeah, it's really it big. Is. It's huge. We, we did you guys the have whole no idea. setup. Yeah, there's a window. There's a window. <laughs> we can see out a window. Yeah, so it's not like dark and dreary. There's an incense that we, smells. Like my, my grandmother's living room. Like her grandmother's. Yeah. We have chairs. Room. We have. We're gonna the... have to step up our incense game. I think <laughs> we're gonna have to go buy some some different. Yeah. Different smells. A new flavor. A new flavor. Mm-hmm. You don't taste That's... incense. That's just what, in my head, I call things that have sense. It's the flavor. Do you call 
what about humans that have like scents <laughs> on them? You know, I don't, I don't call that flavor. You call that a flavor? I do not. Ugh, it's getting weird. Okay, guys. With that, we would like to sign off. Once again, thank you guys for joining us. Please share. Please like. Please communicate with us anywhere. We really need it. Um, <laughs> all right. Later. Bye.